Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Today, I'd like to share some of my journey with you just to give you a little more insight on uh, where I've come from, where I'm at now, and just kind of kind of things I've learned along the past and what's gotten me to have the perspective I do now. I currently live in Wichita, Kansas. Been here for roughly 12 years. Before that, in a number of places on the western part of the U.S., lived most of my life in San Diego. It's where I met my wife. Uh, we just ended up celebrating our 28th anniversary. So that's a milestone I never thought was going to happen. Not because I didn't love my wife, but because of where we were in our marriage, where I was as a person. Um, happy to say, you know, that wasn't the end of the story. So yeah, just celebrated 28 years. I have four adult children. I have three daughters, one son. They range from 26 years old to 19 years old. And then I have two grandchildren. I have one that's almost five years old and another that is almost one years old. And like I shared in episode one, I love barbecue. Barbecue is one of my passions, not just because of, you know, it tastes great, but because of the process of, you know, you smoke it, that's fun, but then you also get to share it with people. And so whether it's a friend, you're just wanting to, you know, surprise, or it's somebody that's needing, you know, a meal because of what they're going through. I love barbecue because of that. Um, it's just something that makes most people smile. I know there's some people that don't like barbecue, sorry, but for the vast majority of people, <laughs> it provides a smile. So kind of to start out, I'll just tell you about my parents. My parents did the best they could with who they were and what they learned. I used to hate my parents. Once I had it explained to me that they did the best they could with who they were and what they had, and I truly understood that, that, that changed. But it took quite a while to get to that place. My dad retired from the Navy. He was a photographer there. He absolutely loved that job. Now, when it came time for him to retire, he wasn't able to find any jobs within the photography industry. His qualifications were too high and the places he was applying for were afraid that he would come in and leave and they'd be stuck. 
So they didn't bring him on. And as a result, he ended up losing his identity, right? He went through an identity crisis in that what, what he enjoys and what he can do to provide for his family, he's not getting any traction on that. We ended up taking a job as a security guard, ended up staying there. And honestly, my dad never recovered. I mean, he, he became really passive, just not, not driven, but also not alive in his life. He was just kind of going through it. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She had my brother and I, and most of her life, I remember her being depressed. She was also maybe 15 years ago diagnosed as being paranoid schizophrenic. And that came about because they were in a, in a duplex, you know, where you'd have two families living next to each other in one building. She made some accusations about the neighbor by going to her door, the cops got called and then things escalated from there to where she was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic. Now that freaked her out. She was told by the court, Hey, we want you on medication, come back, check in with us. Instead, she and my dad chose to run away from the courts, run away from the law and hide until she passed away. And it's just one of those of, I look at that and I'm like, man, you can have a solution. You can have a positive opportunity before you. And if you're so focused on what you don't have or the negative side, and you're focused on what's comfortable and that, you know, you can miss things. And unfortunately my mom did miss it. Yeah, like I said, she's passed away. She passed away with, without you know, getting the help that she needed and was available to her. I grew up in a house that it was whoever yelled the loudest won. And that doesn't really bring about too much, you know, friendly conversation or much closeness in a marriage. And so I was already at war when my wife and I got married. You know, if, if we got into a disagreement, it escalated quick and fully. There wasn't a middle ground. Whenever I experienced emotions, whether it be frustration, fear, disappointment, I wasn't taught how to express emotions in any other way than rage. And so it was full throttle. And it was one that it took me an, a long time to understand, hey, this is what disappointment is and how you express it. And it doesn't have to be displayed as rage. But until I learned that, both my wife and my children bore the brunt of that. And so, you know, that along with growing up with parents that are manipulative towards each other and in their children and trying to gain their favor and love and using guilt as a manipulation tactic, it, as you can imagine, does not make for a great combination <laughs> in creating a happy marriage. But it was one of those that, as it was explained to me, and I began to have people come around me that were saying, Hey, this isn't quite right. Have you thought about doing it this way? And that was the kind way of, of saying, dude, you're doing it wrong. As I had those kind of friends and, and relationships that were coming around me, I was able to make other choices. And until that point, it was one of those, if I got mad, you had like DEFCON five dad's gone nuclear and the family be walking around on eggshells for three days knowing that dad's going to go, but we don't know when or what's going to set him off. So it didn't create a, a very safe or happy home. That's no longer the case. Going through coaching, mentoring, having friends that, you know, stuck around through 
seeing the ugly side of me, knowing the real me, listening to podcasts, reading books, any multitude of ways. I've learned a different way to do things and who to be. And, and it's not like you can just uh, flip a switch, right? It's one of, there were times, like I talked about with that manipulation, where I would come back to my wife and say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean to be this way and I'll change. And I would try and manipulate it so that she would stick around. You can't do that. After you do it so many times, your spouse and family just begin to expect that, yeah, how long is this going to last? Well, when I did genuinely start to change, that was kind of what I encountered. They had experienced me for so long as one way. And then as I was changing, they were still waiting for that other shoe to drop. Part of the process was not just learning how to be different, to share emotions, to to handle things a different way, but it was also in giving grace so that I could give my family that time to process and begin to trust me because the trust had been broken over the years. So it took time and I chose to give my family space because I wanted a relationship with them. I wanted them to know that I really loved them. And so I, I chose to come about it a different way to give them the space so that they could grow as well and, and make that decision if that's what they wanted. And fortunately they did. I mean, I'm, I'm really blessed. I'm really fortunate that, that they did decide to do that. And that's part of what's put us in a different place. When I met my wife, I know this will sound really weird, but I tried pushing her away. Not because I didn't find her attractive, not because I didn't love her, but because she loved me in a different way than my parents did. And it brought about a problem to where, okay, if this young gal, you know, my girlfriend at the time is saying she loves me and this is love, what in the world is it that my parents have been giving me? And no fault of, of my parents, they were giving me what they had learned to express as love. And just as they were hurting, I was receiving their hurt. But again, it was one of those that they were giving what they knew. And it left me in a position where it's like, okay, I can either accept love as what I'm receiving from my girlfriend, or I can take love as what I'm receiving from my parents, but they can't be the same. And that was really the first big challenge for me. What I grew up with was what I knew. And now here's something that's completely different. Like I said, I tried pushing my girlfriend away, but she was stubborn, <laughs> which, which has been a great thing because that's how she's gotten through uh, dealing with me for many years during our early years and, and then during, you know, the healing process and transition. Man, I mean, what you know as normal may not be normal. And that was the first flag for me in something's up, something's different. Obviously, we worked things out. We continued to keep going. We got married. And then we started having issues as any married couple does. You're, you're both individual people. Well, we had to figure out how to work through them. And it wasn't just the emotional side, but it was also the money side. My parents dealt with money in a very different way, in an unhealthy way from what my wife grew up with. What made sense to her and what was logical did not make sense to me. That ended up kind of fueling other conversations. <laughs> so it was an interesting time.
But uh, fortunately, it was one of those as, as I came around different people in learning how for me to be healthy, I also then looked for people that were handling money in a healthy way. And so that brought about the change as well. Now understand, like I've talked about my parents kind of doing the best that they could, and they truly did. The, their mindset and what, how they acted, saw the world was from a victim mindset. It was always somebody else's fault, whether it was the government, the neighbor, whomever, there was always someone to blame. So that, and with the fact that I have dyslexia, as a child, knowing I was different, because when you're in class with your friends, you know if you're different. If you're not doing the same things the same way, you're different. And I was. Now, it wasn't diagnosed until I was 40 years old. So that kind of made it awkward. My wife is homeschooling our children, and, and two of them are struggling with learning. It's like, what's going on? So we took them in for testing. And during that testing, it was a, a two for three deal. <laughs> I wasn't looking for a diagnosis, but that was exactly where they're like, yeah, have you struggled in this way, in this way, in this way? Yes, I have found out it's dyslexia that I have. So it was like, whoa, another light bulb moment where you get information. And from that, things then make sense in your past between growing up having dyslexia and then growing up with my parents' mindset. I went through most of my life feeling insecure, lacking confidence, playing it safe, not taking risks, and believing that if you failed, you were a failure. Now, nothing could be farther from the truth, but that was what I held on to. That was what I taught my kids was don't go out and try stuff. If you screw up and fail, then you're a failure. And that wasn't my intention as a father at all, but I didn't realize I was teaching that lesson to them that I even possessed it. It was kind of one of those of, I guess you might say unintentional. So, but once it was pointed out, Hey, you're being driven by fear. Your anxiousness drives you to see the worst case in everything. If you wanted to know how something was going to fail, I could tell you 20 different ways. I wouldn't say I was creative before, but in looking at how I've been able to uh, create worst case scenarios. I'm super creative, but from that stuff and being depressed, it was just a bad, bad mix from the depression. I ended up at one point playing video games, 12 hours a day, not because I enjoyed it, but because in a video game, you can get awards and achieve things from those achievements in a digital video game. I'm then feeling validated and and worth, you know, it's like, that's how I'm seeing myself as, as worthwhile. I wasn't looking to my family. I wasn't looking to my wife. I was looking to the bits and bytes on a computer in a game that I'm playing to tell me, yep, you're worthy. I even took it to one point where it's like, I love to help people. Well, in a negative aspect, I was going and helping people to get their approval, their thanks. And that was also the way that I would feel like I got kudos. I got accolades. I, it wasn't doing it for the fact of helping. It was to get my own self, self-esteem boosted. Now, at this point, I understand that I can go and help somebody just to help. And, and that I absolutely love. 
So whether it's a friend that it's like needing a hand with a task, a book, they're needing encouragement. I love to show up in that way just to be there. Not like I did before where I was looking for the, Hey Mike, thanks. And then going home for a short hit. It wasn't a a drug like you would see from heroin or cocaine or anything like that, but it was my drug of choice that pat on the back. That was how I got a high. At this point, I'm open to being told, Hey, you need to go do this. What about this? I'm open to giving advice. And that came from over the years, working with mentors and coaches, friends, becoming open to receiving input. Now, granted, I still am making a conscious decision in who I receive that advice from, because I'm not just going out there and asking the world, Hey, what do you see in me? I'm asking people that I trust and love. And I know that if I trust them, I can trust their input because it's one that they're going to see me in a way that I may not see myself. When getting to this place where I'm at today, I've gone through a lot of challenges to grow and stretch myself, to work through the pain. There's still stuff I work through. Two years ago, my wife and I were doing a road trip from Kansas to to Southern California. And in the process, I was talking with my wife, why do I hate the desert? Well, it wasn't until we're driving through it and well, your dad you know, used to tell you, you could put him in the desert with a knife and he'd be fine. He could always survive and you'd never find him. It's like, well, duh, he's he's talking about taking off and abandoning you. So yeah, that would freak you. But also because of my mother's being paranoid schizophrenic, she didn't want to have arguments at home. She wanted to have them in the desert and she would have my dad drive us to the desert and there she would tear us down, berate us about the way towels were folded or weren't folded. I mean, she had a long list of things that we had done wrong and she would go through the whole thing. Having those two things associated with the desert was where that brought up that tension. And so once I understood it, it was like, oh, okay, I can work through this. And that's a lot of the times is just having that stuff brought up so that we can understand it. We're aware of it then we can work with it because as long as it's something that we don't have visibility to, it's going to continue to impact us. And the stuff impacts us, not just personally, but it impacts us in our work. So we're always with us. And so however we see things and feel things is what we're going to carry to both places. We're going to carry it with us always. Working through that stuff is the best thing that you can do. It's not always going to be easy. It's certainly not always going to be fun, but the benefits on this side, I can tell you outweigh the work and the challenge that you're going to face in getting to here. It's so worth it. It not only sets you in a better place, but it sets your marriage and your uh, children in a better place. I can tell you honestly, from being here, you know, my wife, when she would succeed at something that she was doing, it was intimidating because I'm watching my wife succeed. And as crazy as it may sound, that was a a competition there, right? I didn't want my wife to succeed because then I feel less like, how crazy is that? 
but that was where I was at. And now that I'm happy with me, I'm in a healthy place. I'm able to support my wife. And let me tell you guys, she has just bloomed to where it's like her strengths and where she excels. She can now invest in without fear of her husband being set off or depressed or just tanking. She can continue to invest and push and knows that I have her back. You know, my, my children, same kind of thing. I've seen them almost as if, Hey, dad's in a healthier place. Now I have permission to work on my health. It's crazy, but that's what I've experienced. That's what I've seen. We take that step and we work on us. And it's almost like this catalyst, this gate that it gives our wife and our children permission to step into places that they wouldn't before for fear of repercussions, right? For being shot down or having somebody go combative with them. Man, I would really encourage you, look at what you need to do with you, not what your wife needs to do, not what your children need to do. Let the change start with you and work through it. Really just set about, hey, I'm gonna, this is what I'm focusing on. These are the men that I'm setting about with it and do it. If I can be of any help to you in that, to encourage you or support you in some way, reach out, let me know. That's why I've started this podcast. That's why I do coaching is to see men freed who then are able to free their family. And together we can set about and change the legacy and heritage we leave rather than the one we inherited. Join me on the next episode. Glad to have you here. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.